Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello and welcome. The voice you just heard was Lauren Urban, and she was playing the oboe as she as she loves to do in the background. Thank you very much, Lauren, for uh, recording that. Uh, this is Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming, presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash CNE Games or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times as well as how gaming affects us. If you're here with us live in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, might ask them later in the show. Uh, our topic today is an introduction to inclusion. Um, uh, but before we get to that, Mitra, Dr. B, who are you for the fine people who may not know? Well, I'm Mitra Jordan. No, that part's obvious. <laughs> I work as a therapist in Victoria, BC in private practice, um, and I have a lot of experience with uh, um, multiracial and diverse peoples of various cultures, and this is a topic that really fascinates me. And I am Rafael Bocamazzo. Uh, that perfect timing, given my name just came up thanks to Nightbot. Um, <laughs> that's wonderful i'm gonna read my own bio here is a doctor of clinical psychology no i'm um i'm the clinical director over at takethis.org uh and i am just really really thrilled to be here because not only am i a doctor of psychology but i'm also an expert in the applied use of games in clinical and learning settings and uh, autism self-advocate. I do a lot of stuff. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm professionally around. You, 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 people know who you are. I just, I hang out in the backgrounds and, you know, if people are like, hey, where's Dr. B? I suddenly appear. Yeah, if you see a flash of bow tie, it's, it's normally him. <laughs> the summoning ingredients for me are nice hats, bow ties, and espresso. You put that in a summoning circle. Oh, and roll a D20 uh, several times if it comes up, you know. We're, we're good. And that is a spectacular tie, actually. Is it? Thank is you. it silver? Are there sequins? I can't really no, tell from okay, here, but so it looks razzle-dazzle. symbol. This yeah. Is, yeah, so this is silver and gold rebel, uh, you know, rebellion symbols. Oh, right. I, I, I deviated from my usual, like, D20 and went Star Wars today. I appreciate it. <laughs> I as well. Um, so, uh, as the title of this episode is inclusion and introduction, um, where do you all want to start with that? I want to start by letting Mitra start. <laughs> I knew this was coming. Well, I mean, I you're literally an expert on this topic. <laughs> all right. So briefly, um, I come from a family where there's been multiple migrations. In fact, my grandparents migrated to three different countries. My parents also migrated to three different countries, and so did I. So the experience of being an outsider um, and also an insider at various times has been uh, part of my personal experience. Um, and so I ended up writing about, um, writing a thesis, in fact, about um, negotiating a sense of home. In other words, it's not so much about um, racism as is, but more about what is it that interferes with people finding a sense of belonging in an environment. In other words, not all those things that are being done that dislocate you directly, but what sorts of things are maybe also missing in your environment. So... That's a starting point. How do we make people feel included in game spaces and game environments? And also what sorts of things uh, cause people to feel dislocated, disconnected, isolated from their own environments? 
and I'll uh, one of the things I'll I'll hop in and say because this is something that comes up across psychological literature. Um, in fact, a, a paper that a white paper that Take This published two years ago that included a diversity and inclusion section. I used to joke that the and I still kind of do that the entire inclusion and diversity section could be summarized by saying feeling included is good for you. Mm -hmm. um, because a sense of social, a sense of belongingness, a sense of inclusion, having a sense of an externalized social network is one of the most consistent protective factors against basically any sort of mental health challenge Absolutely. that you can name, especially uh, things like trauma. It's across mm -hmm. trauma literature, uh, that sense of social inclusion is the I think the most consistent factor in trauma recovery. Mm -hmm. And we certainly know isolation contributes to higher levels of anxiety and depression. We certainly know it contributes to feeling dysregulated in your life and therefore it's harder to just function in your day to day. If you don't feel a sense of inclusion, you're not feeling a sense of safety. If you're not feeling a sense of safety, you can't really play and learn, as mm -hmm. we talked about last episode. So, nice throwback. one thing flows right into the other. Love it. It's anyway. like we planned the... <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's almost like psychological concepts are uh, in, uh, interconnected. Intertwined. Yeah. Other interwords. Interrelated, intertwined, <laughs> interconnected. <laughs> um, so... What what would be the be where where would you want to take this from here? Because we've got kind of the, this overarching description of what inclusion is, but there like I I, I do know that there are are some people who don't ne necessarily know who they're excluding. Mm -hmm. it, would that be a good way to go with this? Now is like what I I don't even know how to word this quite right. <laughs> um, what what is what is it that is happening that is excluding people? How about that? With, with yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a a good place to to start. Um, Doctor B, did you want to get into a definition at this point, or should we just talk a little? I I, I you know this is this is much the same way that we were talking that when we were talking last week about play mm -hmm. and and game gamification we were in my wheelhouse um I want to defer not. to you because I mean yeah, all right. the, well this is the this is literally your expertise it's from true. a multitude of different perspectives All right okay yeah. I will start with a very simple example then um so when I was a child uh, as I've said, there was a lot of traveling, moving, traveling and moving around, some of which was not because, you know, my parents were in the diplomatic corps, but actually because um, there was a lot of divorce and separation. There was a lot of chaos. Um, but at any rate, at one point, I was in Canada and I was about seven years old and I was visiting my aunt and uncle. And I remember we were in a, uh, I think it was like, you know, a drugstore or just like a general store. And there was a bunch of stationery and there were these um, pens and pencils and they had your name on them. And, mm. you know, those sorts of things that you see everywhere. And it's like there's keychains and there's mugs and there's stuff with your name on it. And I searched high and low and my name was nowhere to be found. And that's actually been the case almost everywhere I've lived because Mitra is actually a pretty uncommon name. And I haven't, I've met a couple of Mitras in my life now, but you definitely don't find us on pens, pencils, and mugs as mm. a rule. Yeah, that, that is, I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I, I get that from just the most sideways because like, my name has an extra A in it. And yeah. I like I, I, I can relate to that only in the terms of like, oh, well, you, you like my mom will be like, let's look. I'm like, you made up the spelling of my name. It's not going to be there. Like, let's yeah. let's just not and say we didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, that's different from. It's true. Like, it's true. Like, yeah. Like your your name is is from your culture. And so the fact that it is not there, that is exclusionary on more than just the. Right how it's spelled. So let's do another example. So 
I come to live in Canada at the age of 16. Now, fortunately for me, one of my advantages is being an English speaker and a native English speaker with a bit of a British accent. Now, I would say that's an unearned privilege in the sense that I don't think I had any idea that people actually took me more seriously and listened to what I had to say with a bit more gravitas because of my accent, because of the way I spoke. Didn't have much to do with the way I felt at the time. Um, so that's a privilege that you don't realize you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a separating factor in the sense that I had an accent and I sounded different. And as a child, I certainly remember living in a number of places where I was told I talked funny and I had a mm. name that wasn't like anyone else's. And so I grew up feeling like an outsider um, in pretty much every culture in which I lived. And this is what happens for people who are multiracial or even biracial. They don't belong fully to one thing or to another. And so you have this experience of holding both but only being seen as one. So if I was with my South Asian family, there were a lot of rules around being South Asian and being a South Asian woman or girl that didn't apply in my life because everybody knew I was different. So they couldn't apply all of the same rules and strictures. At the same time, when I was with non-South Asians, say you're a Western, say my British friends and uh, family, um, or in Canada, there's a lot of rules that don't apply if you're not South Asian. And also, again, I wasn't seen as Canadian. And let's remember, because I hadn't lived in Canada all of my life, there's a lot of cultural references that I would miss. So coming into a new culture as a teenager, I can assure you, you're absolutely certain you're going to make all kinds of mistakes and you're going to put a foot wrong or several. And this is, in fact, very true. Like having done the research on kids um, and transitioning to a new culture, we have cultural fluency somewhere, but not here. And we don't know what people are referring to. We don't know the in-jokes and we don't know what it means to dress a certain way. And these are things that leave you feeling pretty excluded. And even though we live in a time of much more globalization um, and much more cross-cultural sort of community, um, it's still the case that in in in-person experiences, um, it can be very difficult. So when that sort of thing gets pulled into a gaming space, a place where it's supposed to be uh, escapism and mm-hmm. fantasy and everything like that. Um, I, that is, I, I like, I don't want to, I like, I'm not the psychiatrist. I just want to be like, how does that make you feel? But like, 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 like what, like that is, that's kind of the, one of the big things in the gaming community right now is that there are a group of people who do not understand why why isn't this just a white dude or why isn't it like this and it and so when there's just a little bit that is there to include someone mm-hmm. okay, that feels so, good yeah yeah so if we briefly talk about what is privilege and the idea of privilege is the, mm-hmm. of course the opposite of, of, of disadvantage um, but privilege is generally like we think of it in two ways we think of the hard work I did and the uh, and what I've earned right so we look at success and we attribute some of that to our own um, our own hard work But there are aspects to success that I may think I've earned, but I haven't. It's just that maybe in life there were more doors that were were open to me. So, um, and this is such a complicated subject, so I don't want to go too deeply into that. But to bring it back to game spaces, it looks like this. If I play a game... um, I may have to play as a as a white dude, depending on the game, that may be the only avatar option. What I love seeing is variation on that theme, right? But I may play certain games and I may not have the freedom um, or even the option of choosing a character who's anything like me. And that can feel kind of disconnecting or dislocating because I don't get to actually witness anything related to my own experience. Um, and in a fantasy world... It would be great if it could encompass that sense of one's own experience a little bit so that I may enter more deeply into the story. Um, I'll, um, th- uh, a semi-silly example of that uh, comes from a, a friend of mine. 
Um, well, and a, and a bit of a miscommunication that he and I had um, about it. he he's a movie he's a movie director and writer in the Seattle area, and uh, he, he and I share a love of action movies. And one of both of our favorite action movies is uh, The Last Dragon, uh, the which if you haven't seen it, it's glorious. Um, not Enter the Dragon by Bruce Lee. No, yep. The Last Dragon, a Motown production. It's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. And my friend saw this through a very different lens because he is both Korean and black. Mm-hmm. I would dare someone to find a protagonist in any story that is both Korean and black. I, mm-hmm. I bet you can't think of one off the top of your head. You have to search for it. So me watching this movie, it was just another martial arts martial arts film and kind of a campy one to me. It was sacred to him because it was the only he, the lead character was the only hero that he had who had his experiences, and it, it influenced so much of what he's done professionally because there was. It was the only, it was one of the few things he could cling to that was a part of his experience, and to see that on screen, it's so different from mine. I mean, I have no, I have no, I, I'm a cis hetero white dude. I I have no shortage of heroes I can pick from, but for him, it was sacrosanct. I made a I made a, a joke about it being campy, and he took umbrage to it, and we had to we had to have a. Um, a really, a really good heart to heart, and I ended up learning a lot about his perspective because there is nobody else out there for him. Hmm. Um. Oh, dang it! I had it had one of those ADHD moments. Had the thought, <laughs> and it just went away. It was like, look, a butterfly. Um. <laughs> oh, like um. I, I guess like in in gaming, like the, it, it one of the. This is kind of taking it in a slightly different direction, but one of the things that's always seemed weird to me is, and I'm not going to name developers here, but it's always been weird for me when I hear that they considered making the protagonist not a white dude, and then made and then had it where it's like, oh, but this would have made it too hard for us to make it. Like there's there's one where it's just like we oh animating a skirt would have been too hard, and everyone's like, why why would she have to be in a skirt? And what more recently there was one that was like Doom almost had uh, Doom Eternal almost had a female protagonist, which I think would have been really cool, would have been super badass. And I think one of my favorite mocking tweets of people's reaction to this was Alana Pierce, who retweeted it and just put, "But how girls shoot gun with boob?" <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, I, I. So, it's like so I, I usually I, I save all the questions stuff for the end but uh, uh I wanted to uh, have uh, uh what was this strange doze I think that's how you say that uh being half Cherokee I sure don't get to play many native characters that I don't want that don't make me cringe and I think that is that's again like there there was the there was that time in like god what was it like 2010 where it was like new triple a game got announced up oh, they revealed the cover art it is a white dude with his back to the viewer and a gun over his shoulder <laughs> yeah. I, so oh sorry go, go ahead, go ahead. no please oh no i, I, was, I, I was gonna try oh, no, i was gonna i was gonna like to d- d- defer to you to where you wanted to take this so go go ahead i love the fact that it's you that was saying this um to be very real about it so much of the time um i'm the one who has to bring attention to these topics um i certainly was throughout my degree the one who was saying oh but what about culture in this instance you know we're studying this psychological concept we're making all kinds of of generalizations about it but you know what doesn't apply if you're not in euro western culture you know so family structures look different or so it's so because of that, that onus of continually being on the person who is in some way different, having to explain their experience. Um, it was actually really enjoyable <laughs> to kind of hear you talk about it from a perspective that that certainly I've experienced. As as far as like badass female character goes, that's what happens when you're raised by four lesbians. Like you're, yeah, you you watch Alien, you're like, that's my mom. Uh. <laughs> yes. 
Mitra, I, I actually wonder if if you know if we're talking if we're talking about um, concepts, you know, basically foundational concepts. I wonder if power differential is uh, so specifically social power differential is something we want to talk about because that's especially in regards to majority and minority culture because that's not a numbers game. It's a social mm -hmm. power thing. I wonder Absolutely. Um, and what I hear you speaking to just a moment ago is that as someone who exists in um, within multiple marginalized identities, and I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about intersectionality, um, yes. that um, <laughs> that in terms of social power, if you're down down on social power, to have the expectation that you with less power it's your responsibility to somehow equalize it is backwards. Oh, yeah. Plus another burden. You know, you're already feeling like you don't have the same equality that other people do. And, of course, I also have a number of privileges that make it easier and, and certainly in education and an ability to uh, express myself fluently in these issues that makes it easier. But yes, and for a lot of people, and certainly for a good portion of my, my life, particularly my younger life, um, there wasn't the clarity or the language to be able to put it into words. And so you feel doubly at a disadvantage. Not only are you experiencing this sense of inequality, but then it's like you're the one who has to explain it and equalize it. Yeah. And I feel I feel in the context of that, I feel super awkward, ironically, asking you about the definition mm -hmm. of emotional labor. <laughs> 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 but that's essentially what you're talking about. The, yeah. the not only being disenfranchised and disadvantaged, uh, you know, having societal disadvantages due to this power differential. But now you have to expend the emotional output to explain to people who can't necessarily, who aren't necessarily aware of this because they don't experience it. Exactly. And, and when we talk about emotional labor, we're talking about two things. It's not only the capacity to explain something in a way that it can be heard, as in literally I've used words that, you know, make sense to you or that um, allow you to engage in this process because there's something in your own history maybe that you can draw upon. Okay, that's one part. But the other piece is, I have to do it in a way that you're not going to feel defensive. Right? I have to do it in a way where you're not going to feel like um, I am judging you for not getting this thing. And so I have to work, you know, a lot harder than if it was just you and I, equal situations, explaining a concept or describing a concept. You know, it would be easier to describe a math equation, and also I'm very bad at math, let's be very clear, but <laughs> it would be easier to describe statistics than it would be to explain what I experience in a way that someone who is not me and doesn't experience those disadvantages can understand it and then not have them feel bad for not knowing a thing. Well, you're, you're also getting into the concept that, and, and the scientific literature has been really clear about this over the last many decades, is that mm. racism as it exists right now is not the racism that existed 60 years ago. We're, we're looking at the difference between what's, for, what's overt racism, which is what we largely used to see. And while that still mm -hmm. exists in, in certain sectors, the predominant form of racism is a form of covert, systemic racism that Absolutely. exists in um you know you and i were talking about the work of daryl wing sue um mm -hmm. who if you know i i wouldn't expect anybody outside of the psychology realm to know who that is but um daryl wing sue's work on the concept of microaggressions was mm -hmm. groundbreaking absolutely and I, I want, should we tell, should we talk about what microaggressions I, are? I do think that like, I know that's a term that does get thrown around a lot. And it's one that uh, I know when I first saw, I'm like, I don't know what that means. I, I ended up eventually finding out, but yeah. Why, how about we terminology that one? Okay. Okay. Um, want me to do this one or you want to do this one? 
I'll go right ahead. Okay. I'm happy for you to do this one, and then I can throw in a few examples. I, I feel like I, I've, I don't know. It's it's always a it's always a weird thing because of like I, I I know the definition, but I don't want to speak for other people. But you all are, you just said I do a lot of emotional labor. So um, the um so microaggressions. There's a couple of different kinds. And they they exist on a on a, basically a variety of ways, but they're little itty bitty ways of of essentially either invalidating, attacking, or insulting someone's experience. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna step outside the cultural lens for just a moment. We're gonna we're gonna talk about um, like disability representation. I think in a separate episode sometime in the future, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'm, I have a social disability. I'm autistic. And so as an example, micro a micro insult might be something that is kind of intended to be positive in their mind, but it's really insulting. Like, you don't look autistic. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Um, a micro invalidation is something that uh, basically negates my experiences. Um, and I'm struggling to come up with an example of that, but a, a micro, uh, I have one actually. Oh yeah, please. Good. Um, so my mother went to boarding school in England from when she was 11 years old. Okay. Um, and she was raised, she was born in Iran, never lived, well, briefly lived there at one point, grew up in Kuwait. There she is in England. Um, so she's now a young adult in England, uh, married to my father in her early twenties. And she gets this compliment, and she gets it quite surprisingly often. It's been mentioned a number of times, and it is, Oh, Nahida, you're more English than the English. Mm. Oh, Mm. boy. Yeah. So, oh, oh, sorry. I just just had one. A mic. uh, Go for it. Autism brain. Ah. Um, The uh, micro... uh, Basically, um, and I just lost it. Oh, for the love of God. <laughs> Let's so ta- what this take is, two. This... Let's cut. Let's do this again. This Reset stuff to is one. slippery, y'all. It's not easy to hold on to these ideas, mm-hmm. right? And I well, think... Well, like, especially, especially in these situations where it's one you particularly don't want to hold on to and remember yeah. because it was someone... Po- like hopefully unintentionally being rude to you in a certain way um and yeah like i i, I but at the same time i do think that there the, the the problem that there are with micro uh, aggressions in my head is because they can be unintentional but they can also be a hundred percent intentional. <laughs> That's the third category micro yeah. uh, mm-hmm. micro racism where you're mm-hmm. you're literally you know you're that's a more overt what what I yeah. think when people are speaking about microaggressions more often they're referring to like the micro insults and um, the micro invalidation. Mm-hmm. Like I don't yeah. see color is one that. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely. an invalidation of experience. You, you don't see half of me if you don't see color. Yeah. Like there are parts of my experience. I, I certainly don't expect people to understand my experience, but the acknowledgement that I may have experience that is just different than yours, you know. Um, I don't see color that whitewashing one is is a is huge, you know. Um, and I also had another thing. <laughs> I will, our, all of our I brains are going a mile ADHD a minute. I have ADHD as well. And so, <laughs> Pardon me, like, if you've got executive dysfunction, raise uh, your hand. Woo, woo. <laughs> Times, good times. <laughs> really good times. All right. So, so I'm gonna. So, an example that comes to mind for me, um, certainly very common when I was growing up in Toronto, um, was where are you from? Well, I'm from Canada, you know, or I live here. No, but you know, before, where are oh you from? God. You know, and this insistence, and 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 the thing is, it's one thing if someone is just curious about your life history and your experience. You know, where have you been? What have you done? But it's another when it's this kind of, listen, I'm trying to figure out where to place you. Because that's the underlying message. You're trying to make sense of me, but you're not actually asking me about that experience. You just want to, you know, you just want to put me away somewhere tidy. (laughs) Where am I from? That isn't here. So, and it's dislocating. That is actually the definition of a dislocating experience right there. 
the where are you from one. Well, and and I the, see I see this coming oh, up in the chat of people who think they're giving you a compliment who who might be and just that's for folks in the chat that can be what a micro insult is. Yeah. Um, a, a common one I hear from friends who are you know uh, from immigrant families is you speak English so well. Mm. It yeah. sounds complimentary, but like for my friends who were born in Seattle, like mm -hmm. yeah, dude, I'm I'm from Capitol Hill. Of course, I speak English really well. Exactly. The, um, well, go, going going back to the the where are you from? Mm -hmm. Like that one. Uh, I from a very young age, I learned not to do that on my own. It was like, no, no parents. I was like, maybe don't do that. Um, my, my, my best friend, uh, as a kid, I remember one time asking him, well, what are you? And he looked at me and like felt bad. And I could see it on him. I'm like, Oh, I did something bad. Oh no. What did I, but it got worse. Cause he didn't know. And that was a big sticking point for him. And I just dug mm -hmm. up something literally for no reason. I don't, I didn't, knowing what he was, wasn't going to change our friendship in any way like that. Mm -hmm. I asked a question and I was, and I quickly realized like, I didn't need to know that. I didn't need to ask that. And now I've done all this stuff and I feel really, really bad. And I was like seven. I'm like, I'm never asking anyone this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think this is where I think it, it is. Um, it's somewhere we need to go in terms of conversation because I think what happens is that when people make this kind of misstep, right, that isn't intentional, right, but they've been unintentionally racist or they've been unintentionally um, excluding of someone, right? It happens. It happens mm -hmm. to everyone. We have biases. We make mistakes. That's that's actually fine. I think the problem is when it's like, well, I don't know what to say now, so I'm just not going to say anything. Or it's going to be very difficult for me to have someone who's any different in a group because I'm probably going to screw up. Or maybe they're being too sensitive. Like all of these things are our internal defenses coming up because we've made a mistake. We've made a misstep. We've somehow... Um, done something we don't understand that's hurt someone else and now we can we end up getting quite defensive about it but I, yeah you want to you want to jump in here well I, see I, that. I had a thought i just had a thought uh -huh. and you know in psychology we t you know we talk about global labels okay mm. um and you know back when back in the days when i worked with people and uh, one of the strategies we would often do, especially worked when I worked in the prison, is separating behaviors from global mm -hmm. labels. Mm -hmm. And I, I wonder for these kinds of conversations, is it is it more productive for us to to be able to say, hey, yeah, that was kind of a racist behavior versus, the global label of oh god i am a racist which brings to mind all sorts yeah. of horrible imagery from a lot of different places yeah absolutely absolutely it's one thing it, because we're all going to make mistakes you know i may not be white but i absolutely have made mistakes in terms of culture and race because i don't know everything no one does and so we're probably going to, through lack of knowledge or awareness or experience, say or do something that's going to cause some hurt. That doesn't mean it was intentional. And so, yeah, a big piece of it is what do we do to repair? Once we become aware, what do we do to repair? Guys, that rhymes. I like it. <laughs> Once we aware, what do we do to repair? This moment brought to you by our cultural Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Um, uh, real quick before we continue, let's remind the viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then we will carry on with this conversation. And once again, the disclaimer read by uh, Isle Champions community manager, Lauren Urban. Oh, I got to hear it this time. <laughs> Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. 
while we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. So in my attempt to uh, to mute us, <laughs> I muted her. Oh, that was you! <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I messed everything up. Uh, Listen to the podcast, lady. You hear the whole thing. I'm sorry, Lauren. You, it'll, I'll play it again at the end of the show. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Uh, just remember, if there's ever an audio problem on twitch.tv slash Games, blame me. I was watching Unfair Seas last night and went, somehow this is my fault. So, somehow Christina dropping that, somehow this is my fault. Uh, you bear a weighty responsibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll hear it again at the end. Like, like I even saw the text doc. James was just like, here, you pause the recording or so. I'm just like, I did the what and the, oh. <laughs> It was, and it Lauren was wants to know you're fine, Trevor. Mm. Yeah, I felt <laughs> like we were on PBS for a moment. It's it's it is very good. And again, it will play at the end of the show again, and it will play in the middle there uh, during the podcast because I can edit it. So the podcast, y'all heard all of that. Uh, congratulations. Uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, hearing how that was that was highbrow. It's really raising the the sort mm -hmm. of. Uh, the in the intelligence score of the room. I, I kind of want to say, you know, if you subscribe to Codename Entertainment right now, we get, have this lovely tote bag here on the, fun, on the pledge drive this week. I love it. It's it's on like a little slowly turning lazy Susan, Lauren in the back playing the oboe. Aw, I want um, a tote bag now. Why, Doctor B? Why? Can you raise my hopes this way? Um. So. Uh, uh, you know, we we've got a few minutes here before we start doing the the chat one because we did run a little long with the the first part. What would you all want to do to cap off this this introductory conversation of inclusion? Actually, um, I want to respond to someone in the chat. Okay. Um, Grossis, I think. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. As an adoptee, where I'm from, ethnicity is something connecting for me. Asking about ethnicity is a way. For me to learn about someone and to find commonality, cultural pride, it is disconcerting to hear how this is hurtful for others. So you know what? It's not the question itself. Sometimes it's the tone. If somebody asks it with openness and curiosity, um, and it's not to sort of pigeonhole me or make sense of me, but it because you can sense an underlying agenda. Um, and, and what I so I feel like if it's presented in a Hey, I'm just curious about where you've been or your family or your background or like what you've, you know, where else have you lived? Like, you know, tell me about yourself. I'm super open to that. And I agree. I think that coming from that place of cultural pride and curiosity and openness is wonderful. And it's exactly what we need to mm. turn this thing around and to be really supportive of each other and inclusive as well. Can I, can I tell a, a somewhat funny in retrospect story about exactly that? Woohoo! <laughs> well, so, so I, I go by Doctor B, and I joke because I go by Doctor B for long Italian name reasons, and mm -hmm. I'm only second generation American. Okay, um, I'm very in touch with the history of the Italian side of my family. I mean, we know what ship both of my paternal grandparents came over on. Uh, there used to be a strong Italian community in in the Seattle area, and I can talk also all day about the history of that. But um, I gave a talk one time in a very affluent su white suburb of the mm. Seattle area. And I gave a talk to uh, a bunch of parents. And there was one parent who <laughs> uh, <laughs> was very uncomfortable. And you could tell right off the bat that she was trying to categorize me, not ask about my heritage, trying to categorize me. And it came out as this sort of and I, I was totally messing with her because I knew where this was from and I was being sassy. Um, but it was, where are you, like, from? I was like, West Seattle. What, West Seattle, what's up? And she's like, yeah, but where, where is your, your name from? My parents. 
<laughs> and her friends were getting that I'm messing with her, but she was not. She was entrenched in this. I need to ask more about this. And, um, but like, where, um, and after a while, I was like, okay, are you asking me what's the ethnic origin of my name? And she's, yes. And you, she breathed a sigh of relief. Um, and, she, and I said, I'm a, you know, I'm Italian. My grandparents came over and and so forth, and got a little bit into the history of the Seattle area and so forth. And then she followed up with pure, pure gold. In retrospect, of, but aren't you just a little too, I don't know, pale to have a name so exotic? And you could see her friends like back up from her. It was clear <laughs> that she had no actual interest in learning about my past. She was trying to categorize pure and simple because the idea that someone with a pale phenotype cannot have a name that ends in a vowel was a rule that was clearly in her head. Um, we, we don't, we don't, all you know italian folks don't all have olive skin sorry go going to to um to what mitra was saying with the the we're actually back to the, the 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 comment which was like uh they they find that like asking that is is helpful to them i think going off of what mitra was saying my suggestion from what i do in life again this is me this is i am not a professional i do not offer actual advice here this is just me i when i when i'm gonna have like any kind of conversation that i think might in any way upset someone prefacing it is like my biggest tool of like being like okay forgive me if this is uh inappropriate to ask or anything like that just tell me to shut up whatever this is purely from my curiosity about this and if that's wrong let me know and then pose the question or something like that that is usually the best way that i have found and how i learned of like okay that wasn't good cool good i i, I apologize and and i i move on from there instead of just like what uh <laughs> I did love Garwar in the chat when you were telling your stories. Oh, Karen. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, of what that woman was doing of just trying to like beat around the bush to get to that information and instead making her look worse and worse with each passing question is like if she had just said like, I'm just purely curious. Uh, I Forgive me if, if that is coming from a bad place. I, I don't I don't mean for it to, but where is your last name from? Something like that. And you, and you, and it would still be not a great look, Karen. Uh, <laughs> and you could explain that there, I feel like that allows for more of a conversation to, and more of a learning experience to happen. Am I wrong there? I think since I, the question was, I, I wonder about asking permission first, because this is yeah. this is something that um, I, I again, taking it out of the cultural identity piece, mm -hmm. because I mean, I any sort of marginalization I experience is purely from a neurodiversity perspective and a, so a disability perspective. Mm -hmm. I, I always appreciate when people ask me permission about asking about autism. Uh, mm -hmm. be, especially oh, okay, if they're going to okay. ask a, a very personal question, um, I, I have a lot of friends who will who will just say, "Hey," and respecting the emotional labor piece that Mitra was talking about, do you have the spell slots to answer a personal question? Yeah, I like that. Absolutely, I think you know it's 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 so loaded. Like I, I I see even in the chat, some people are like, "Well, but where are you from?" You know, I mean I mean really well when I ask it, and I think most people do, kind of thing. Um, the problem is that it's dislocating, mm -hmm. and for someone who's already had enough challenges settling into um, a society or settling into a community or feeling part of things. Or if someone was born within a community, but because of their multiracial, um, origin, maybe they just don't, uh, and this is, this is part of the problem. It's like, what do you mean I don't look Canadian, right? Or, or North American? You know, right there, we get into some kind of notion of what it means to look like you belong. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and honestly, that's actually not the case. The vast majority of North American peoples are actually from other places, one way or another. 
right? Almost everyone. And and when we're talking about people who are actually native to this land, right, with their First Nations experience, they often experience tremendous racism for a variety of reasons. So I think, again, we, we have to be careful with this question because depending on who you are, you might have always been here well before the rest of us, or you might be someone who's just trying to make your way here. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that there's anything wrong with being curious about someone. It's, it's absolutely the asking permission and the how do you phrase that question. So... I like that. I, I the, the permission is oh permission is often a very sensitive way to do it. Um, yeah. Because it also part of part of uh, part of the challenge of marginalization is disenfranchisement, disempowerment, mm. and offering someone the option to answer or not, and honoring that is a way of giving power back. Hmm. Absolutely. Um, so what, what, I, I feel like that also kind of ties into the microaggression thing where it, where I was saying it is unintentional, mm-hmm. uh, that it is coming out that way. And I, I especially want to, th- there's a uh, comment that was, uh, from Herc work, which is how is microaggression different than simple sarcasm? That is how it is. You don't realize that you're doing it. Um, and it has made someone uncomfortable and has taken them out of the situation and everything. Whereas sarcasm, you're just being a dick. Uh, <laughs> like, like, we, we, like sarcasm. Uh, here, here's a good example of it. Again, I have ADHD. I forgot something that I was thinking literally moments before. Um, and I have those all the time where someone will tell me something, and I'll go, Ah, crap! I I already forgot that. What what was it that that you just said? And I've legit had people go like, Oh man. Good thing I didn't literally just say that. And I'm like, I, I understand that. <laughs> this is what's going on with me. And so th- that sarcasm is a microaggression where they yep. think that they're just being funny or like, I'm going to make you learn by being a jerk. Yep. No, you're you're just being a jerk because if I could learn how to not do that, boy, howdy, would I? Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, that 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 is... I think the difference where microaggression is different than sarcasm, but can be sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love a good sarcasm now and again. Uh, first <laughs> I love British comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may have noticed. Uh, see, there was sarcasm. <laughs> uh, without so let, hurting anyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Sarcasm without hurting anyone is the, is the best sarcasm. Well, and uh, let's take, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go, go, go. And I, I just realized as we're getting low on time, you know, Mitra, we, we, I, I forget if it was you or me or Trevor or somebody, uh, either today or in our pre- our pre-production meeting, we brought up the idea of intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it, it strikes me that we probably should address that at least really quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go I ahead. I think that's Go a ahead. great idea. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Do you want me to? Do they, you want to? Well, no, I'm thinking of the, the best way to explain this. Okay. Yeah, no, because I've got dice near me pretty much at all times. Think of a D20. Okay? Thinking. There are Thinking. many facets to identity. Okay? And the um, and different facets of identity are also interrelated to the combined whole. Um and you can, so you can't, this always gets straight. I, I have never been able to talk about intersectionality in a clear, concise way because it's so complex. I, I, Mitra, can you jump in? Because this is literally yep. your area of, of psychological That's expertise. totally fine. Okay. So if gender, I'm a woman. Um, in many instances, women are paid less and have had less power in society. And we know this is changing, but we know this is part of experience um, as well. Uh, We might experience greater harassment. We might experience a higher risk of rape. There we go. Right? Woman. Second, I'm a woman of color. This gives me less advantage at times and in certain places than a white woman might have. Um, Third, I'm now getting older. Maybe I'm subject to to, uh, ageism as well. Okay? That's intersectionality. It's these three qualities and the ways in which they either empower or disempower. Let's look at someone else, hypothetically, okay? Um, You're young, you're male, you're black, 
and your trans. Right there. Four instances where you have different um, experiences in your life that can disadvantage and they're coming together in one being. That's the intersectional experience. You know, if I'm queer and I'm South Asian and I'm half um, uh, black as well, say, again, I have the intersectionality experience, which means that there are many ways in which I might experience disadvantage, right? I, so, so these are all labels that we mentioned, and they don't, uh, of course, encompass the whole person, but they might go some way towards explaining some of the challenges a person experiences. Um, I'm male, I'm black, I'm wealthy is different than I'm female, I'm black, and I'm poor, right? These are again, or I have social advantages, um, but then I'm also disabled. So that's the intersectionality. Does that kind of? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it, mm -hmm. it, it's I, I've, like I said, I've never been able to explain it succinctly because it's an interrelated and complex topic that traverses exactly. both cultural um gender identity social status like you know you mentioned wealth education is a form uh you know that's a identity aspect mm -hmm. as well so there's it's just there's so many there's so many ways they intersect ah <laughs> <laughs> um I do. I do want to uh, point out a, a comment that I just saw roll through the chat uh, from Mox Pearl. Uh, I've heard about this essay before, which is why I'm calling out. <laughs> Mox Pearl says John Scalzi, the sci-fi author, had a great essay about privilege and intersectionality. Uh, quote: It's called "Straight White Male: Colon The Lowest Difficulty Setting There Is." Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I have not yeah. read it myself. I've heard great things about it. So yeah. if you want to check that out, uh, it is on his blog. Um, one of the things I am seeing pop up in chat that I, I think uh, I, I would be good to address is uh, specifically some people in the military saying how they uh, asking where someone is from was their way of connecting with someone. And I and I think this is the difference that the, the why did I put so many syllables in that? The difference here is that all of you are probably not from where you currently are. So asking where someone is from is is trying to connect, trying to relate, which is different from going over to someone's house who they are in the city, they've lived there for a long time, and they're like, so where are you from? Like that, it's saying you're not from here. Exactly. I'm from the west side. They are from here. Yeah. You are not from here. Yeah. Why? Where? Where are you from? But when in that situation, yeah, when no one like when I'm at a, a con, like, uh, well, okay, I act like I've been to a con that's not in San Diego. If I went to a con that wasn't in San Diego, are there uh, any and, though? <laughs> yeah, they're really. And, and and I ask someone like, hey, wh uh, where are you from? And they're like, oh, I'm from San Diego. I'm like, oh, I'm from San Diego. There we go. We've connected. That's the thing because of that question. So. Yeah, the, the, I think the difference there is, yeah, especially in the military, for, I have a bunch of military friends, uh, and that is a huge thing, is like finding out where someone is from uh, that is in their group so that they can connect better with it and can understand them better. I think that is much different than the type of where are you from that we're talking about here. Absolutely. You're in an equalized situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that one of the aspects of privilege that is so difficult is that if you have privilege, it's easy to perceive that you're in an equalized situation when you're not. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the challenges. We don't see what we don't see. And that's one of the difficulties here. So. Yeah. Um, let's take a look uh, a few quick things uh, in the chat that are happening before we wrap up today's episode uh, Sir uh, Arabin says uh, Twitch is an interesting medium uh, for this topic since it's so easy to feel ignored here it's not possible for every comment to get a response mm -hmm. but I've seen uh, people get really frustrated feeling like they don't belong and that that's that is why I'm, I'm not going to lie to y'all Twitch perplexed the heck out of me for the longest time because it was it was essentially the way I was looking at it was like it is a panel at a at Comic-Con and there's one person up on the panel and literally everyone in the crowd is hey what's up and I and I and I there was so much going through the chat <laughs> that I I'm like I don't know how you keep up with that 
And so, yeah, like the stuff getting missed or skipped or stuff like that, I can see is a, a yeah, n- getting ignored and stuff. Well, that I mean, that we talked a little bit about power differential earlier. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges that I've observed with people coming into online spaces like Twitch is an assumption that the power dynamic between solo chat, you know, participant and host is equal. Mm-hmm. And the assumption that, you know, I'm one of the person in the chat, but it's like a two-way conversation. And this is, this is um, the, uh, the, obviously the dynamic is different. And I love the metaphor of being in a panel. If you're in a panel, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a panel and only five people show up, obviously you're going to get more interaction time yeah, yeah. with, with mm-hmm. the people on stage. I've been in those panels. <laughs> but, you know, if you're in a panel of 1,500 people in the room, then, eh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say I'm absolutely, I am watching the chat and I really enjoy a lot of the comments I'm seeing here. And yes, we don't have a chance to um, respond to them all, which is a shame. Oh, yeah, we, we so, could we could fill an entire episode with all of the, the stuff yeah, that happened in this text document. I mean, we got yeah. 350 people watching right in this yeah. moment. We cannot yeah. address everybody. The, yeah, um, I, I do think uh, as and. To kind of wrap up the the uh, inclusion thing, uh, I like uh, this this one from Trontarian. My daughters were never into the original Star Wars movies, but got really interested when Ray came along in the sequel yeah. trilogy. I liked Ray. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that and that is again why inclusion matters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and being able to see heroes who are like you or remind you of you in some way or uh, allow you to feel like that's something you can actually be something you can reach for you mm-hmm. know if i you know it would be impossible <laughs> when i was growing up and looking at comic books or other media thinking i could be that if it's a straight white dude in north america when i'm not and it's just <laughs> like you know it's just not gonna happen right yeah so yeah um, well, I, I think that is going to do it for today's discussion, uh, purely on, uh, the, the reason of time <laughs> again, sorry if I didn't get to your comment or question. Um, but Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you on social media and the interwebs? Well, my socials are at Mitra Jordan for Twitter and on the interwebs, I have a website <laughs> called MitraJordan.com and you can always reach out to me via DM on Twitch if you are not Twitch, um. Twitter, if you wish, um, or contact me via my website. Yeah. And uh, I am uh, Rafael Bocamazzo, the Dr. B, which uh, my socials are below. Two E's, spell out doctor and B. It's not like that Dr. Nick thing, 1-888-DOCTORB. The B stands for bargain. Um, the, the B stands for different things depending on how sassy I'm feeling. Um <laughs> Today it might be belligerent. I don't know. <laughs> but also, um, it's also make sure to follow Take This Org on all the socials. That's where I do pretty much all my work, and you can keep up with what we do, including you know announcements about streaming here on Codename Entertainment. Yay, we love Codename Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can find me on the Difficulty Class podcast every Friday and on Champions of Lore every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash CNE Games. And you can also find me on Twitter. I am at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there, um, which is <laughs> get brought up earlier. Uh, thank you to, uh, to Jay for moderating, uh, moderating the chat as always. Do a fantastic job and pulling out these questions. Not an easy job. Uh, thank you to Codename Entertainment and Take This for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. Uh, if you miss any part of today's show, you can listen to the whole thing later as a podcast at 2 p.m. on your favorite podcast services. And if you have any suggestions for future topics for us to talk about, you can send those into Champions of Psychology at CodenameEntertainment.com. And trust me, I have the same problem with making sure that's spelled right every time. Uh, <laughs> okay, real talk here at the end. One of the reasons I was so happy about getting this show was I went, I can finally now remember how to spell psychology. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um, same reason I was excited uh, that I got into a business class in college. Uh, so for those live with us in the chat, be sure uh, to. Oh wait, uh, I, there, there's a there's a scheduling thing different today. Uh, I think Bardic Inspiration is happening, and it's normal time. 
So yeah, no, yeah. There's a yeah. Bardic Inspiration is happening at its normal time, uh, and uh, Mars Mars's show is postponed this week. There's things. It's up on socials. I apologize. I'm 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 flustered. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're not live with us, uh, we'd love to see you in the chat here with us next week, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Tuesday. Twitch.tv/cnegames. Uh, but uh, yeah, till next week. Take care of yourself. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.